You only see all of the pretty stuff. Exactly. Like, you don't see people at 4 a.m. wandering around in their boxer shorts holding a laptop. Yeah. Like, yeah. thinking, oh. Where's the Wi Fi? Yeah, where's the Wi Fi? <laughs> yeah. I have to get this sent back. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, a podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit from reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care or a fitness class to send endorphins soaring. Everyone's definition of what makes us feel good is very different. My next guest, Coach Corey, founder of running community Track Mafia, is here to tell me about his. Corey, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're a very busy guy, very hard to pin down. (laughs) So it's a real pleasure. Yeah. I think the last time we met was at our book launch, wasn't it? It was like two years ago. Oh, wow. Is that two years already? I think it was, yeah. Or a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And it was like a kind of a tiki bar. We were supping some nice cocktails. Some very nice cocktails. Yeah. I believe Alice... Was Alice talking or was she, she there? Yes, she was there. Yes, we did a little uh, talk about health and hedonism. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Um, so let's talk about your journey into running. Because obviously you head up one of London's most kind of like cult running communities, Track Mafia. Like which um, yeah has, has a great following. It's more like a family, right? Yes, most um, but I'd be really interested to just hear your story about how you got into this world. Because um, your background was obviously in community, right? Before yes. Then. Yeah. Um, I was in community. I worked for the local authority. Um, I was doing lots of youth work and kind of didn't really know what I wanted to end up doing. But I I knew that I just wanted to work with community and just be happy. Yeah. So how I fell into running was I obviously did the youth work um, and a friend of mine ran the marathon. Yeah. I've lived in London my entire life, never been to see it. And that was the first time that I went to to watch it and I was like oh my god this is amazing yeah. I was like I have to do this um, just like the vibe the atmosphere yeah, yeah. Um, it was genuinely just strangers going out and cheering on strangers for no reason whatsoever yeah. and I that that blew my mind I was like hold on you don't know any of these people maybe you know one but you're still out here screaming and shouting I was like that's awesome Yeah. Um, so I told all of my friends that I was going to start running they all laughed um, they were like dude do you know how much you drink how much basically how many bad habits you have and I yeah. was like oh well not in such a polite way, but I was like, isn't this an opportunity to challenge myself and to change these bad habits? And they kind of laughed. Um, So I trained, kind of put my bad habits on hold, Mm -hmm. um, trained for a little bit, started running um, and ran the London Marathon very badly. Uh, (laughs) Took me seven hours, awful experience, but one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, And then after that, I was like, oh, that was awful, but I need to do another one. Not for anybody else, for me. Um, so I went to New York by myself, uh, ran it like a minute faster, six hours, 59. Yeah. Yes. Um, booked into a youth hostel by myself. I had friends, but there yeah. was no like crew or family or running club. Mm. Um, crossed the finish line in the dark and then wow. walked back to my hostel alone. Oh Climbed up onto the top bunk and then fell off the bunk <laughs> because I had cramp. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my, that was oh. the beginning of my running journey. Do you know, I feel your pain. I, uh, I did the Paris marathon with my sister who had to drop out halfway through. Oh. And and then wow. she went back to my hotel suite, courtesy mm-hmm. of Dose, with yes. my dad. He was also there, just chilling out on the Wi-Fi. And then I finished, and then no one was there. And I had to walk down the Champs-Élysées on my own. I was like, yeah. great. <laughs> but anyway, the crowd around me supported me, but that was good. We but did. yeah, so since then, you've gone on to obviously build a huge running community. So like, tell me about the years in between. Like, what, what were you doing? Um, so the years in between, uh, when, I guess, after my first marathon and my second marathon, I thought to myself... 
I'm clearly doing something wrong here. Um, mm. So previously, as I said, I worked for local authorities. So I had loads of random qualifications yeah. like table tennis, football, tennis. So basically my boss said to me, oh, you already do all of that sort of coaching. Why don't I pay for your running qualifications? Wow. So being the nice person that he is, he paid for one or two of my running qualifications. Then I met a young lady called Ellie Wood. Um, we started RDC West together. Yeah, uh, that's after, running Rundum Crew. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. so that's Rundum Crew West. Basically, yeah. my old boss had a relationship with Charlie Dark, who runs RDC. Yeah. Uh, RDC was really, really busy, and he was looking for an overflow. Mm -hmm. So Eugene basically introduced myself and Charlie, and that's how RDC West started Amazing. as an overflow. Um, so started running RDC West. Uh, had a few people coming and people just liked coming to RDC West because I essentially just made the workouts up. Obviously, I had something in my head. Yeah. But before, I guess, the big use the road as your playground boom, I was mm. just like, oh, this is cool. There's a curb. Let's jump on it. Yeah. Didn't know I was doing box jumps or whatever. It was yeah. just like, oh, just jump on a curb. Yeah. And then it was, oh, there's a bench, do some press ups. Oh, there's a hill, run up and down it really fast and do silly things. Yeah. And I, I just built up a name for ridiculous workouts but because I'd done my qualifications it was ridiculous workouts but knowing what I was doing exactly like validated yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so slowly but surely uh, combined with people getting to know me from Random Crew in East London, yeah. people started to know me for RDC West. And because I was previously part of running clubs, yeah. I started taking people to old school running club meets. Yeah. Um, so I'd run in cross country leagues whilst doing the like the urban Shoreditchy stuff. Mm. So slowly but surely, people started to come. Yeah. And then we built this little racing team, Stroke Family. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible what you've built though because like you said it's like a family people come there to like be vulnerable with each other yeah. and just like share experiences but it's all all through running yeah and what's I guess awesome about it is it started with three of us yeah uh, Trap Mafia started because of RDC West and when I say that we used to run on a Monday and the deal with Charlie was if you're going to run RDC West you have to come to run them yeah. on Tuesday um, and that was the day of my track day from my old running club. Yeah. Um, so we started Track Mafia on a Thursday, just me, uh, Jules, who wasn't my girlfriend then, she was just my friend, and my friend Jeggy, who's now moved back to New York. Yeah. And it was just three of us running around the track with no aim but to build consistency. That was it. Yeah. Mm. And what do you say to people to like help manage their expectations? Because there's a lot of people that get into running because they, they want the medal, mm -hmm. you know, they want that Instagram shot of them doing something spectacular. Like for you, it's just been a kind of a personal goal that you've worked at over yeah. the years and it's fun, right? Yes. And that's what it should be about. Like I run to clear my mind. Yeah. Like I run for so many different reasons and I run to clear my mind. Um, sometimes I run for speed. Sometimes I run because I want to feel my legs burning and tingling a little bit. Mm. Sometimes I run just because. Sometimes I run because I want to be with people. Sometimes I run because I want to be alone. But the great thing about our track sessions on a Thursday night is people come there to because they make a choice to run with friends, with family. Mm. And as you said, it's an opportunity for you to feel like vulnerable isn't vulnerables <laughs> it's yeah. an opportunity for you to feel vulnerable yeah. around other people yeah um and watching those relationships grow over the years is awesome because you go from not really talking to people yeah to oh my goodness we've just shared a two-hour workout and we're all in agony so now 
like everything's open now yeah. we can talk about anything yeah um so a lot of when i say relationships i don't mean boyfriend and girlfriend i mean relationships yeah, as friends in for with life. people friends for life yeah through sport i think these relationships get fast-tracked i know that sounds really weird yeah. because you share these moments that normal everyday people outside of sport like in a work environment you may not necessarily get to share those moments but mm. with sport you're just there is it do you think because of like the endorphins and all like the kind of the, the highs you're experiencing from the exercise itself like combined with being with other people in most a community do you think that's what intensifies most definitely. it it's most definitely the endorphins yeah it's most definitely the dopamine yeah that is released just from the joy of running and yeah. that's why i said i run for loads of different reasons because yeah. regardless of which one of those reasons it is that i run for mm. for what's wrong with me <laughs> All of those reasons that I run for, yeah. they are all part of experiencing some type of joy. Yeah. And lots of people, when I say to people, I like that burn, that tingle that I feel when I'm running really, really fast, people mm. are like, oh, isn't that painful? And I was like, no, that's beautiful. That's like mm. a joyful experience because I don't look at it as in I'm in pain. Yeah. I look at it as I have taken my body to a place whereby I can enjoy this, like I'm capable of doing this when a couple of years ago, I couldn't run for a bus. Yeah, that's no, amazing. <laughs> that you it's great. And in terms of like social media, do you see a mm-hmm. lot of people like with their phones in your training sessions or is that something you tend to ban or like, because do don't you feel like it takes people out of the moment sometimes when they're too focused on the gram? Um, do you know what? That's a very interesting question. Mm. When... When people are at track, I don't tell people not to take pictures, not to post, but I also don't encourage people Mm. to post or to take videos. Because since we started, that's one thing that I don't think I've ever done. I've never been like, oh, make sure you post, make sure you take pictures, because I want this to be this organic, beautiful, authentic experience. And if part of that experience is you documenting it and sharing it with whether it's your followers, your world, your family or whatever, Mm. then that is entirely up to you because Mm. I can't kind of can social media when one of the main reasons outside of my hard work, blood, sweat and tears that I'm here is because of social media. Mm. And I know that sounds weird, but social media, it's this megaphone for good as far as I'm concerned. People can use it for bad. Yeah. It has a bit of a bad rep, but yes. actually there's a good side to it. <laughs> there's a really good side for it. Um, and I guess the cons for it, for me, are people not realising that this isn't 100% of people's lives. Like, yeah. some people may post their bad days. Some people may post them being emotional or, like, crying or having a bad day. Mm. But not everybody posts that sort of stuff. So... The con for me is people not realizing that this isn't everyone's life. Yeah. Um, the con for me is buying in too much to what people are doing on social media. Mm. I think the the cons are <clears throat> people not realizing that this isn't everything. Mm. <laughs> like people have yeah. really bad, terrible days. And my opinion, which isn't shared by everybody, mm. is if you've got an issue with something on social hit the unfollow button yeah, or put great your advice. phone down. Exactly, yeah. But not everyone has that self-awareness or that, I guess, self-discipline. Mm. And I think in this day and age, um, especially 
Yeah, especially in this day and age, we need to be mindful of things like that. But yeah. my personal experience is if I don't like something, I unfollow it. If I think I'm spending too much time on my phone, yeah, yeah. I put it down. Exactly. You're in control at yeah. the end of the day. Don't let it control you. Um, so that for me is, that that's that's one of the many cons. Yeah, yeah. I see that. So talking about like relationships. Mm-hmm. So you met your partner through running? Yes, is that right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. So how did your love blossom? <laughs> um... Our love blossomed, I guess, through a common love of, this sounds terrible, but through a common love of movement and sport. (laughs) And I guess just the place that you go to when you run really fast. Yeah. And that's not me saying that I'm really fast or she's really fast or my friend Jeggy's really fast. It's more comparatively to what your body is capable of. Yeah. So if you spend three or four years just chasing someone or being chased (laughs) by someone, which is kind of what we did, we fell for each other over that period of time. Mm. Do you um, run together? Like yes, same, yeah, yeah, Similar yeah, yeah. kind of speeds? Um, so she's always been faster than me. Ah, okay. She's always Bit been faster than me. Bit of a power imbalance there. No. <laughs> but so this is the thing. This yeah. is what I discuss a lot with my friends. As in, some people wouldn't be happy because they're idiots. Yeah. They wouldn't be happy that their missus is faster than than them. Me, I'm so happy and proud yeah. <laughs> that she's faster than me. And it means that I constantly have someone to chase. Yeah. It means I constantly have someone to to keep up with, to to keep me on my toes. Yeah. So for all of those years where I would just chase her round on four hundred meters or whether it long whether it be long runs out in Hampstead Heath, we'd go out for like three, four, five hours and mm. run 15 to 20 miles just oh. eating and talking and then stopping for snacks yeah. like that that's how our relationship was built and we still do that stuff yeah do you, cool. do you tend to like travel the world together looking for races that you can do together or? yes yeah um so we travel a lot together similar yeah. to what you said yeah. we do a lot of traveling together um because we're part of this thing i guess well many of us are part of the thing called bridge the gap yeah um and btg is something uh that mike says uh Charlie Dark and a few other people mm. around the world came up with and it's basically travel the world and meet other communities similar to yourself at different places in the world. Yeah. Um, so me and Jules and Trap Mafia and members of Random Crew and other crews all over the world just run everywhere. Yeah. Um, so last year alone we ran in uh, Dubai, Hong Kong, uh, Shanghai, Berlin. Um, where else did we go? Lots of places in America. So yeah. we're in New York. Uh, we didn't go to Chicago. Basically loads of places. Yeah. <laughs> this is a book I should uh, send to you, actually. It's Lonely Planet's Epic Runs of the World. Ah. Have you seen it? Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's Massive uh, hardback. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, like, coffee table book. Yes. Yeah, no, it's good. Very inspiring runs in there. <laughs> I, uh, I've had my eye on the Great Wall of China, but I bet it's impossible. When are you going to do it? I mean, not now. But ah, okay. <laughs> but, I know, yeah. In a a maybe friend of mine years. did that in a panda suit. Really? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Hasn't walked since. No, I bet. <laughs> I bet it's quite, yeah, quite hilly. It's very yeah. hilly and yeah. steppy and in a panda suit quite hot. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. And um, what, was, what was some of the best runs that you've done then around the world? Um, the best run that I have done um, to this day is probably the Hood to Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hood, Co- Hood to Coast is, well, kind of self-explanatory yeah. on most places. <laughs> you run from a hood to a coast. Uh, yeah. So the original one is running from Mount Hood uh, down to the coast in, oh my goodness, where's Nike HQ? What's it called? Portland. In Portland. Yeah, yeah in Portland. <laughs> Think fast. And um, basically, we were invited to 
to do the one in Taiwan. Wow. And never been to Taiwan. Before that, I'd never even thought of going to Taiwan. And when we got there, I was like, how has how does no one know how beautiful this place is? Yeah. Um, so the last couple of legs, uh, we were driving, filming, and it's this long route into a place called Kaohsiung. I hope I've pronounced that. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. Oh. Hilly as whatever, yeah, but yeah. so beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, there, and uh, we did something called the Speed Project. Mm. We basically run in a team from... Uh, LA to Vegas. Um, so we did that over like 45 hours or 50 hours, something like that. That That's was cool. insane. Very cool. Um, so thinking about, talking about your work for Nike. So mm-hmm. you're an ambassador for them and yes. a training coach. So you did a lot of work with the youth yes. it last year. Like how, that must've been quite inspiring for you because obviously your background is in community. Mm-hmm. So tell me about some of the stuff you did. Um, so as you said, I used to do lots of youth work yeah. um, and we basically try and do as much youth work as possible as part of Trap Mafia. Yeah. Um, we have a, I guess, a mentoring scheme. That's not what it's labeled as, but for the listeners, we have this thing, which is a mentoring scheme. Yeah. Um, and we take that from youth work and also something that many of the, the crews do that Charlie kind of did a lot of and still does do a lot of which is a youngest program Mm. Um, and that is we just bring young people in talk about their aspirations their dreams and try and help them with that Mm. Um, most of the time it's in some kind of either creative or sporting industry Mm. Um, so we did that with Hackney Mm. Um, we basically spoke to Virgin and Nike um, about the Hackney half marathon and we got involved with the organization of that and Mm. my job and uh, Trap Mafia's job was to go into Hackney as a community, speak to community organisations, engage with the youth and basically say what's going on in Hackney, Um, is there anything that we can either help with, get involved with or just stand and clap about Mm. Um, and many of the organisations, we did some stuff with Tropical Isles which is a carnival band we did some stuff with hackney carnival Mm. we did some stuff with uh hackney empire with their young people we did some stuff with jams the myth um with young people so loads of stuff like that and all we're trying to do is i guess help young people get out of a place that they don't want to be in yeah especially when pe is being cut from the curriculum (laughs) left right and center as well very positive yes um so we did lots of work in schools in hackney as well where we kind of went in and offered them free sports sessions yeah um so a friend of mine was the deputy head at one of the schools um at haggerston Mm. and yeah he invited us into his school so we went in there once once a week myself and tom um, Tom did lots by himself as well and just did some football, some athletics and just general mentoring sessions. Yeah. And was this driven by Nike for Trap Mafia or was it kind of a Trap Mafia thing? Um, so it's driven by both. both yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. As in, so I guess my remit is to to go out and work with young people or adults in the community around sport. Yeah. That's literally what that I'm asked to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, find out what's going on there. Yeah. So it's driven by both in that if I wasn't passionate about it, I wouldn't be able to, to drive it. You and wouldn't have that community that you Exactly. Built. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Nike's vision is always community, community, community. Mm. 
Has it made you think about kids yourself by <laughs> working with them um, all the time? I'd love to see that that intersection yeah. in your brain, how those two <laughs> arrived. Um, and yeah, of course, I want kids. Yeah. Um, just not right now. Not right now. No, 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 no not right now. You're obviously doing lots of sessions for these kids. I don't know, it must be quite inspiring working yes. with them and seeing the yeah, development yeah, yeah. and stuff. No, 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 most definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're not having kids now, but one day hopefully we will have kids. Yeah. But we do discuss things like this. And funnily enough, I actually asked um, a friend of mine the other day whether or not he wanted kids. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, the, the idea or the concept of having kids is great. But the amount of kids that I'm around because I'm a youth worker, yeah. it's awesome handing exactly. them back. Exactly, them back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> handing them back to people. Yeah. Um, and it did make me think, do I want kids? And the answer was still yes. It's just yeah. not right now while I'm looking after other people's kids. Exactly. Huh, that's a great answer. Trying something new can change how you feel about yourself. Now you can get that feeling with ClassPass, the app that connects you to the best fitness experiences wherever you are. Keep your body flexing and your mind feeling good at home with unlimited access to thousands of free video and audio workouts with some of the world's best trainers. To get them, just create a free ClassPass account now. So talking about self-care, yes. so as, a, as a guy, like what are some of the things and some practices that you put in place to make uh, sure like mentally you're strong? This is a wonderful question because I'm very, very different to many of my friends. Okay. As in for those people who follow me, follow me on Instagram, they know that I regularly pamper myself. Yeah. They know that I regularly do manicures, pedicures, you facials. You even did some cryotherapy for us, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Some cryotherapy, yeah. some heat therapy. Um, some massage, like yeah. couple stuff, basically. Face gym, have you tried that? What, sorry? I may need to book you into face, face gym. gym. Face gym, yeah, it's a okay. past life business. It's done quite well now, so ah, it's everywhere, but okay. it's a workout for your face. Fantastic, no, yeah. I've not heard of that. I should have done, Yeah. but I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Um, so I do lots of that stuff. Um, I do lots of yoga, I do lots of, yoga, lots of uh, meditation, basically anything to keep me smiling. Yeah. Um, That's good. Because you need balance. Like we work hard and we live in this world where, yeah, it's a nice world, but it's a grind. It's like, it's it's hard work. Yeah. And that's what I say to a lot of people either trying to get into this thing or trying to make it by themselves outside of a, like a normal everyday nine to five. And mm. similar to the Instagram story, mm. you only see all of the pretty stuff. Exactly. Like you don't see people at 4 a.m. wandering around in their boxer shorts holding a laptop. Yeah. Like yeah. thinking, oh, where's the Wi-Fi? Yeah, where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to get this sent back yeah. to wherever it is that you're sending it. Yeah. And I think that through self-care, you can find balance. Yeah. Like you can find balance so and you, you have to find balance. Yeah. So you're quite in tune with yourself. You, you're ah, listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jules may tell you otherwise. Yeah. Um, but I think I am quite in tune with myself. Yeah. Have um, you have you suffered periods of anxiety or in, in, insomnia where you've had to kind of like rely um, on? See, I'm very, very careful by using words yeah. like anxiety or depression purely because I don't know if that's ever the place that I'm in. Or a bit blue. Yeah. Sometimes I just have bad days. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes exactly. I can't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess my methods of dealing with that are through like light meditation, yeah. through silence, through sleeping, through like running. Mm. I guess my, my way of finding balance, this is going to sound really weird, 
But my way of finding balance is finding balance at the particular time. Mm. As in, so one day I might need to go for a run. One day I might need uh, to go boxing. One day I might just need to lie down. So I think in this day and age, it's about us having our own like little emergency medical kit. Yeah. The same way how you have a first aid kit, you, you don't just have a plaster inside. You've got loads of other stuff yeah. for any of the other things that might happen. So that's, I think that's so intuitive and <laughs> advanced though compared to most people because they, you know, like you've, you've really thought it through. Like you obviously can read your body very well and you're very in tune with it. I try to be yeah. because I've, like when I was, when I was younger, I, I went through a, a lot of things. So you kind of have to have these coping mechanisms, yeah. as it were, in place to, to manage situations. Yeah. Whether it's a simple, okay, let's think about how that made me feel. Yeah. Let me woosah <laughs> instead yeah. of going, ah, oh, I didn't like that. Why did that happen? Yeah. Or it's just life. Yeah. I know that sounds really blasé. No, not at all. Did, did some of that stem from, you know, being told by your friends that you couldn't do that run? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, uh, this sounds really weird and I've said that a lot, but what drives me a lot is the person within me that doesn't want to go back to being the person that I used to be. But yeah. then when I look a, a little bit deeper at things like that, some of it is fueled by other people's perception of either what I should or shouldn't be mm. um, or how I've been treated. Basically, everything that has happened to me in life is fuel yeah. and I, I I get fuel every day. Yeah, yeah. So more fuel as long as I can continue yeah. to find balance. That's good. So in terms of like your health and nutrition now, like do you eat pretty well? Are you like more plant-based? Like what? Um. So I go through phases yeah. of like being awesome and just just eating green stuff <laughs> or like lots of vegetables. But then I also go through stages where I'll sit on the couch and eat ice cream yeah, yeah. and like watch Netflix. Yeah, it's got to be done, right? So from a nutritional yeah. point of view, it's once again, it's, it's balanced. Yeah, listening to your body. Yeah, like yeah. for instance, on Sunday, <laughs> I ran for like two and a half, maybe three hours. Wow. And when I checked my watch, I'd burnt, somewhere between two and a half and 3,000 calories. Wow. And I just went, I can do what I want. Yeah. It's like Usain Bolt, doesn't he eat like chicken nuggets before he does his yeah. races? Yeah, because he can. I was like, I can do what I want. Yeah. But that's not the right attitude. And when I say that's not the right attitude, as in what I should have done was had a look at my nutrients yeah. <laughs> and refueled in preparation for what I will be doing the following day. Yeah. But me personally, how I survived this life is by balance, which is not telling myself off, but being aware and owning up that when things go wrong, this is why. Yeah. As in, so if I'm on a, a 20 mile run and I hit the wall, I'm like, that's because I had Haribos and because I was out raving till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Don't do that again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you've got more balance now? Like, do you think you were a bit more hedonistic when you were younger? Like, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I was definitely more, uh, I like that word. That's that's a good word. Yeah, pleasure seeking. Yeah, I was definitely more into pleasure seeking <laughs> yeah. um, when I was younger. But you got, like, you've got to grow up. Of course, you yeah. miss certain aspects of your other life. Yeah. But I also love this life. But don't you find, like, with through running, do you get that runner's high? Thing? Yes. Yeah, that yeah, rush. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. isn't that so similar? To, it's, like, it's beautiful. Yeah, the days of raving. Yeah. But how important is music to your sessions? Um, so that's another interesting question. Um, with regards to running, I don't use music that much. 
But with regards to uh, the strength training and things like that that are associated with running, like, for instance, when I teach classes, um, all of the running drills that we do, I do to music um, mm. because I'm an old school raver yeah. um, and an old school MC. So ev- everything, so everything is like drum and bass, house, garage, like really melodic, repetitive, rhythmic um, music, and I use that to to help others like push through whatever barrier it is that they have. I try mm. and get people lost in the music. So for me, sport, fitness, that sort of stuff is really, really primal, especially Mm. when you get your heart beating. Um, And then when you combine, I guess, that primal um, activity, (laughs) shall we say, to tribal music, like it's it's awesome. Um, So like when teaching at ministry, I wrote this class called Forge and it was all about tying running drills uh, to music at a Mm. particular BPM. So I always used to pick these nasty, gnarly drum and bass tracks. Yeah. Like that sort of beat. And I would do all of the drills. It'd be like, right, A kick, one, two, three, Four, and then you just kind of have these 30 people or 28 to be exact yeah. or even a track where I'm clapping my hands just doing these drills to music mm. and what I try and get people to do is even if they don't use music in their training when they get to a place where they're either running out of breath or they miss their rhythm always go back to that one, two, three, four and I use that for breathing, um, for running mm. and I guess for recentering or finding myself when I'm having a bit of a tough time, whether it be on a run or in training. That's amazing. So you don't actually listen to music when you run though, because you've got that. No. In your head. So me personally, I don't run with music when I'm out on the road. Mm. I'll run with music if I'm on a treadmill or if I'm rowing or any other cardio, cycling a lot. Yeah. But running, no. The reason why I don't run with music is because I am I'm listening to my body. Yeah. Like a lot of people a lot of people don't think about it like this, but I try and think about it like this. Um like my body's a computer. Yeah. And it's constantly sending me back data mm. saying, right, this is working or that's not working or correct this or correct that. Mm. And a big part of understanding that data, I sound really terrible now, no. but a big part of understanding that data is my breath. Yeah. And it's my breathing. And if I'm listening to banging tunes, mm. it kind of knocks my breath out of the way so I can't hear it. Yeah. And also if I haven't done my playing list properly (laughs) during my warm-up I'm running really really fast because I'm listening to some nasty goldie track Um, so even when I do run with music I tend to run for the first 20 or 30 minutes without the music so I can find my rhythm find my breathing not get too excited and then when I found that balance that place then Mm. I'll put the music on or I'll put music on when it gets really, really hard or if I'm doing like a tempo or interval session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so use music, but once again, balance. Um, okay, so in terms of endorphins, so you talked about cryotherapy, right? Uh-huh. How did that feel? Um, so I've done cryotherapy before. Yeah. Um, we did it when we were in Toronto, funnily enough, at a BTG when it was nowhere near the prices that it is now. Yeah. And I just did it, it's going to sound terrible, but, I did it for the gram. At yeah, that particular yeah. point in time, I was like, wouldn't this be a cool photo? This is new trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, wouldn't this be a cool photo? And I wasn't even concerned about the benefits. But yeah. straight after, I was like, hold on. I feel I feel different. Yeah. This is nice. I want to do this again. Yeah. And then when I came back to the UK, I was like, I'd love to do this again. Mm. But it's 200 quid. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's expensive. And awesome. you think you could just jump into a freezing cold yeah. pond yeah, yeah, yeah. in Hampstead Yes, the same effect. <laughs> so I do that yeah. and um, I do ice baths as well. Okay. Um, but similar to similar to all of these things, there, yeah. there are conflicting medical messages around how beneficial each one of these things are. Yeah. And for me, if it makes you feel better, yeah. it's better for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's... That's and everyone's it. response is very different yeah. as well. Um, but it, it definitely helped me. It yeah. definitely helped me. And it's kind of the same as with massage. There isn't a, a huge backing to say that scientifically massage does this, this, this and this. Mm. And that it will make you a better runner. But for me, it makes me feel great. And if yeah. I don't get a massage, I can't run properly. Yeah. So are you quite kind of curious then? Do you seek out experiences that make you feel good quite often? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are there anything, any experiences you've got your eye on? Like, are you a bit of an adrenaline junkie? I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but I do like to seek out, like, experiences. Like thrilling experiences. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, these I, runs that you do. Yeah. Okay. I still, I still, I don't know when I'm going to do it or if I will do it. Yeah. I still want to do a, what's it called? a parachute jump yeah um out of a plane obviously mm -hmm. i'm not into base jumping yet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i want to run out of the plane jump out of it parachute land on clip and keep running wow. like some race or something like that yeah um because a friend of ours did i say a friend of ours um he's another nike ambassador um he's a bmxer yeah. and he did it in dubai but he jumped out of the plane on his bmx bike wow. landed and carried on riding that's insane so i was like I'm 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 into that. that I want to try that. Cool. So that's what I want to do. Whether I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I want to do. That's on the bucket list. Yes. Do you is. and Jules kind of set these kind of tasks together? Do you think right? Let's let's aim for that next year or? Yes and yeah. no, because yeah. a lot of the time I'd be like, "Babes, this thing," and she'll look at me and she's like, "Nah, no, I'm not involved <laughs> in that. What are you, why would you? Why would you want to do that?" Yeah. But then there are other things that we sit and plot and plan over. Yeah. Uh, because she. I'm the plotter, she's the planner. Right, okay. As in, so I'll come up with the ridiculous idea. Yeah. And she'll be like, okay, that's cool, uh, but how are we getting there? Yeah. yeah. How's it going to work? It just and sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she will trawl the web for days, and then I'll be like, right, what, what are we doing, babes? How's this going to work? And yeah. she'll present this Excel spreadsheet. Aww. And be like, right, day two to three, we're going to go here, then we're going to yeah. go here. And yeah, that's why we work. It's awesome. Oh, it's brilliant. And so have you got your eye on any other trips? Because I guess with your job, you get to be flown all over the world. Um, so that's the beauty of my job. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, this is, this is also a wonderful experience to explain yeah. my job. A lot of the places that people see me going to mm. aren't necessarily part of, I guess, my, I guess I'm not being paid to be flown all all over the world. Yeah. A lot of the experiences I also seek out and mm. go and fly to them purely because I know whether it be from a short term, short term or long term perspective, yeah. the experience is going to be great for me and it gives me an opportunity to when I return to London mm. to have new energy, new ideas. So I guess every single time I jump on a plane, whether it be for myself or for brand or for job, it's always a fact finding mission yeah. to, I guess, add more strings to the bow. Yeah. Like get more knowledge, because in this day and age, it's it's about knowledge and it's about your network. Yeah. And. I say this to a lot of people, I'd be like, cool, that's a great skill you've got. Mm. Go and learn more. 
Yeah. You have to learn more. Yeah, and being curious as yeah. well. Yeah, and putting yourself out there. Exactly. It's very easy just to hide behind and just think, think opportunities will fall on your lap, but you have to go and seek them out. You have to go and seek them out. And yeah. a lot of, I guess, how people work nowadays is, I wouldn't say, a lot of how people work nowadays is great that you can do something, but have you got someone else that can do this? Have you got someone else that can do that? It's mm. about building partnerships and working together because yeah. it's a lot easier to work with a group of people who have a bunch of skills. Mm. Um, so, yeah. You know, that's really important. I think, you know, too many times people just think they can do it all themselves right. and then they kind of hit a rut and they just no. think it's much better to collaborate and use people who have skills in different areas. Like I can't achieve any of the things that I do without other people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the idiot on camera smiling and waving and yeah I might be trackside but it's it's not me that has put myself in this position mm. as in it's me it's like it's my hard work but I couldn't have done this by myself yeah as in all of the ridiculous ideas that I have either Jules or my friend Chop or Charlie or one of these people has heard them first I don't just I don't just wake up and be like ah I'm gonna do yeah, this yeah. and run off and do it yeah it's collaboration. Yeah, it's collab. It's all collaboration. It's yeah. like sounding boards. And what I love about my friends and my network is, regardless of where you are in your career, they'll still call you an idiot and be like, "That's a ridiculous idea." Yeah, keep you grounded. Yeah, that yeah. all of my friends keep me grounded. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So, <laughs> looking into the future, like, what do you envisage for Trap Mafia? Like, have you got any kind of goals or aspirations for the brand? Um, so I've got lots of aspirations um, for the brand. Like me and my friend Fod, who has his own brand as well, mm. we have this discussion all of the time and he always says to me, like, what's your vision? What's your vision? What's yeah. your vision? And my vision, like, from the beginning of when I started track, always it has remained the same. And that is change the way that normal everyday people view track. Mm. And when I say view track, I'm talking about all aspects of it. Lots of people view track as scary and intimidating and I don't want to go there and what sort of people go there. So everything that we do is about changing that messaging and mm. that messaging is through social media, through our attitude, through clothing, through events, um, through like all of our travel. Mm. Um, so I would love... I would love to do more events in different countries. I would love to do more things in schools. I would love to have our own space. Like we have lots of ideas, but it always goes back to the vision, which mm. is to change the way that people view what we do. Yeah, well, that's pretty inspiring stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Corey, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the day's podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.